Hey guys, TJ here. Just some quick context for this episode. It was done in a webinar format, so you'll be listening to Kristen and I talk with some live Q&A from people who were joining the webinar. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to just make this, I wanted to make this more accessible for you guys. So that's why I got these webinars on the podcast so you guys can have the audio. You can get more information about webinars and more resources on my site, of course, tjluffler.com. Would love to connect with you on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, TJ Luffler, T-J-L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R. We do life coaching for leaders. We have a number of other services, health services included, health coaching included, um, with coaches like Kristen. And so we appreciate if you guys are listening and you're like, you know what? I need to work on this. I need to identify this. I, I could really benefit from this. Please reach out. Let me know. Um, you can send me a message. You can set up a call and we'd love to, to see if working together is a good fit. Other than that, want you to get, want you guys to be able to get value out of this. And if you do, please go ahead and share with a friend, coworker, family member who might benefit from listening. Um, ratings and reviews really, really, really help us. So if you do get value, please just take that extra 15 seconds and uh, leave a rating or review. And we appreciate that. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Okay, we are recording and just want to say a quick welcome to everybody who's joining. My name is TJ. Um, if you're watching the recording, you're going to have an amazing opportunity to, um, to get some valuable content here, information and more than information, wisdom uh, for your life and helping you become a healthier, wealthier, um, really just better version of yourself. Uh, today, we have Kristen DeAngelis who is an, a, a functional, integrative, uh, registered diet, dietitian. And uh, if you're watching live, if you have the opportunity to be live right now, I want to say welcome to you guys. And also just want to let you know that because you're watching live, you guys are going to be able to submit your questions. Um, and those questions are not only going to be beneficial for you, but for everybody else watching, whether they're watching the recording um, or whether they're watching live too. So um, I know we have Sally from Cincinnati, John Carl from Dominican Republic, Allison, Amon Claire. Uh, we have Donna, we have Jess, Jen, Kat, Sean, Yolanda. We have a lot of people joining and would love to see where you guys are watching from. So go ahead and use the chat and just let us know. Say hi. Um, Kristen, very quickly, just want to say thanks for doing this. Thanks for getting on and, and just being here. Um, you've helped me change in, in my life, just like functionally, you've, you've helped me change, but also like, you know, the benefits of that, of having more focus, more energy, um, it's, it's helped my marriage, it's helped, it's helped me personally as I'm working with clients, it's helped just in so many different aspects, right? Um, so I wanted to get you on here to talk about, specifically, we're talking about adrenal dysfunction today, we'll talk about, I'm gonna ask you all kinds of questions about that. Um, we're talking about stress response, and we're going to maybe redefine what stress is because I think people don't have a good definition. At least I didn't. And we're going to use me as the uh, as the example here. I asked you if 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 you'd be willing to kind of walk through my case study, just so that other people who are in similar situations, scenarios in life with similar blind spots, right, could maybe have those uncovered just through walking through even my test results, right? And and from back way back in 2018, we're in 2020 now. Uh, I can I can personally 
give a, uh, like a, an amazing testimony to the transformation that happened over that time in large part because I was working on my health. I was working on, on me and health is, uh, is a really powerful thing, a driver for not just your personal life, but your business. And I don't need to go into that. So anyway, Kristen, tell us where you're joining from and, uh, and maybe a little bit about yourself and, um, and, and then I'll start with some questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me here. And uh, for those of you who are tuning in, like TJ is a, a wealth and a resource, and I just applaud you for being transparent in your story. I think that the more that we do that, the more we can help and support other people. And that's kind of, I think, where my path found functional medicine. So as TJ mentioned, I'm a functional and integrative registered dietitian and a health coach. Um, I'm here in Chicago, but I work with people all over the country and, and globally. Um, Let's see, I've been a dietitian for about six years now, been practicing functional medicine for about three years or so, but part of that happened and stumbled upon via my own um, health journey, via adrenal dysfunction and hormone imbalances. And I think when we were kind of talking um, prior to this chat, just the importance of understanding how it's truly all connected. And for me to help heal my own hormone journey, I didn't have to address hormones directly at all. I had to just go a pretty hard adrenal protocol to re-regulate my own uh, circadian rhythm and, and cortisol issues. And that helped trickle down and address hormones. So that's kind of- We're gonna, answer, we're gonna answer what all those things you just said are yes. as well, yes. um, which I may, I may interject, not to interrupt you, but at different times I may say, hey, what is circadian rhythm in English? Or, hey, what is this? And so if you guys are listening and you're like, uh, that sounds cool, but I'm not sure what that is, we're going to break that down. Uh, but very quickly, actually, even just to that point, Kristen, because we talk about, I mean, Kristen is one of the people who works on our team. She has her own business. She works on our team and works with our clients from a holistic point of view. Because um, we do life coaching and we have like an integrative approach, which is totally in alignment with who Kristen is and what she does. One of the big things, though, when we think about people that are that are doing life coaching and that are doing uh, health coaching, because that's a huge part of what we're doing, all integrated together, is have they gone through a transformation themselves? And so Kristen, having gone through that transformation, can you just like, maybe as a starting point, because I think people need, they're like, you know, it's registered dietitian, functional, mm -hmm. integrative, all mm -hmm. these cool words, but like, how did you get here? And maybe just a little story about that, because it's, I think it's powerful. Your, your story is powerful. Yeah, I'm going to try to keep it real short and quick here. But um, I mean, it started with a history of over-exercising, uh, over-training and under-eating, not eating enough to the point that um, I didn't know it was anxiety. I just couldn't focus. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't read words. And so to go through my college experience was extremely difficult for me to uh, absorb that information and spit it back out. And in that process, you know, I was on birth control, I came off birth control and just didn't get my period back. Uh, fast forward seven years, I still hadn't gotten my period back. I had gained weight like what they told me to do. Um, I thought I had dropped down exercising, which I did from two a days to just one a day, but I still wasn't getting my cycle back. And, you know, it was when I went in to get an MRI and they asked for a thousand dollars and I said, okay, this is not, I need to go another route. Doctors just want to put me on birth control again and said, if you want to get pregnant, we can put you on hormones. And that wasn't the answer I was looking for. So that's kind of where I went into my own functional medicine journey. And again, 
I followed a pretty specific adrenal protocol to get my body back into balance. And within three months of, again, nutrition, what I was doing for my training, my sleep, my stress, um, and also supplementation was really important for me. Um, I got my cycle back within three months. And of all places, I have to always share this, is I was in a yin restorative yoga class, meaning my body responded to true active rest. Super, super important. And I'm also a yoga teacher too. I've been practicing for like 15 years. So um, that was a big part of my journey too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So hold on a second. Here, here's a woman who's like, I'm heading down this road. It's not the right road for me. And I need to do something different. But here's the thing. It's like, it's in my heart somewhere that whatever I'm being told to do down this road is not the, the path for me. Did you have the answer? You said, I went on a, a pretty strict adrenal protocol. First of all, we need to break that down. Second of all, how the heck did you even know to, to, to go to that direction versus, and by the way, and we've had this call, if you listen to the podcast season two, we have that group chat with Dr. Oz, Dr. Osman Ali, and we have this multidisciplinary approach. We're all in agreement. Traditional medicine has its place in the world. So this is not like a, a bash on traditional medicine. It's just more like, hey, there are different directions. So how did you even know to go in that direction? And then in that process, what's adrenal protocol? Yes. Okay. So how did I know to go into that direction? Um, I was just getting frustrated because I, I was fearful of what does it mean to be put on hormones, to get the answer just by being on birth control. It, it felt like it was a band-aid. It didn't feel like it was really addressing root cause. And that really truly is what functional medicine is. It's saying, I'm not just going to put band-aids, I'm going to get to root cause. And again, like the, the Western medical society is amazing at addressing really acute trauma, but for preventative issues and root cause issues, it's kind of easy to just say, well, we'll put you on birth control, we'll put you on this medication. Um, it, it takes a little bit more time and more thoroughness to address the root cause. So that's kind of what forced me to maybe start to look into a little bit deeper. And, you know, I found uh, Vince Pitsik, who is with Nutrition Dynamic. He's definitely my mentor when it comes to functional medicine. So I worked with him. Um, and then it kind of stumbled from there as far as just once you know, you realize how much you don't know, and then, you know, you got to get sped up. So that was kind of my spinoff as far as getting into functional medicine. And on that too, I was working in a bariatric surgery uh, weight loss center, and there would be some people that just could not lose weight, no matter what we did. I was like, I know there's another way. I just don't know how to get there. And that's what functional medicine helps with those really like tricky cases. Um, I think that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to the adrenal protocol, but you're what here's what I took away from that, okay? Here's what I took away from that. And I'm loving we have um <laughs> thanks so much doc TJ. On uh on Instagram I've had the occasional you should be a doctor. Um but <laughs> <laughs> but here here's the thing. Um you talked about root cause. Root cause. Here we go. Camera. We talked talked about root cause and and like root is so so important, so important, right? We can, we can cut the top of the weed and the garden can look a little better, but if the root isn't pulled out, then it's just another three months, six months, 12 months until we're back in the same situation. So as it relates to root cause, and here's the other thing, a lot of people who are watching, the second thing that I pulled away from what you said was 
once I knew, I realized how much I didn't know. And that was me. Yeah. Right. That was me. And that was you. But your transformation, what you walked through in your life, then helped you help me. And it helps you help all these other people. And it's because you realized in that process of going through the journey yourself, what you just told me was, hey, you know, once you start realizing how much you don't know, that's when real change can happen, right? Mm-hmm. And, th- and honestly, that's because when it's like you kind of move through the garden, I like to think of life as your garden, right? And you move through all these different things and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't see all these different roots beneath the surface. Yeah. How did they get here? So can we talk, can you talk about like, maybe you gave a couple examples of overtraining. I was this, I was that. Cause I want to talk about how did we get here so people can start and have that point of reference. What are a couple of roots that people might not be aware of as it relates to some of the signs and symptoms of maybe adrenal dysfunction? Yes. So this would be the point. Is it okay if I share my screen for a quick slide? Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Cause this is something that I show pretty much all my clients when I start off our, you know, journey together and just saying, number one, you guys, it is all connected. I think there's a really important snapshot that I want us to think about. Um, So the brain takes in information, physical, emotional, mental, subconscious traumas, all different types of things. And kind of the first place to take the hit is the adrenal glands and adrenal glands is that system that's in charge of is this a fight or flight survive mode or can I rest and digest with this type of information? And so depending on what that is, let's imagine you're running from a bear, whether it's your job, long hours, it's tax season, it's just your mom and you've got a million things going on. You're running from a bear. It's not a great time to sit down and go to the bathroom. So constipation, loose stools, bloating, undigested food, And hormones, I wasn't getting my period, or people have crazy PMS or mood issues or low testosterone or high estrogen, blood sugar, insulin goes off. I mean, when I was going through a divorce last year, it was like I was eating the healthiest food. I was sleeping. I was working out. I was doing all the things, but my blood sugar was sky high and then crashing down. So, and and then liver detoxification all, and, you know, pointing to thyroid and that dictates metabolism. So I always say, like, if you think you have a thyroid issue or you think you have a hormone issue, or you think you have a gut issue, let's go back to walking through the basics. And that first piece that I usually always start with is what is your sleep, your stress, your lifestyle look like? And what are the adrenal glands kind of doing? So that's one slide I wanted to share. I don't know if there was anything you wanted to say there, but I on that. Yeah, on that, if I may, because I want to point out a couple of things to people as you talked about it. I I'm, I'm just want to highlight, okay? And these are things that have patterns, right? There's a reason we want you working with our clients. It's because you are able to address these things that are root causes from a physical standpoint that are affecting our mentality and our state, how we feel, our energy. And when you're talking about things like, for example, I was doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. I was eating kale. I was going to the gym. I was having salmon. I was on my plan. I was doing this. I was doing that. And here's somebody who knows what to do. Out of anybody, you're going to know what to do. And yet your body was still having functional functional yeah. issues, right? And so when, because here's, we see this all the time. 
a lot of really smart people. You work with smart people. We work with smart people. They say, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, well, I'm coming back to one thing that you said earlier, active rest. Because why? It puts us from sympathetic tone, fight or flight state, running from the bear, my body's freaking out functionally, to active rest state, which is now I can digest. I can actually process the healthy food I'm eating. I can heal. But there's an emotional component here. So like, can you tie in maybe how, just before you go to the next slide, because it's so important. Can you tie in maybe how, by the way, active rest number four core pillar and Kristen's in the book. She's got some great commentary in Back to Basics, how to get more out of life, doing less than you think. Amazing, like active rest, Kristen, because of what we walk through. That's why it's in the book. Because of everything that you helped me see in my body in the process, that's why it's so powerful. And your story speaks to it. How, how do you reconcile, close the gap between I'm doing all the right things, but my body is not functioning? Can you, can you help, help me help everybody understand? Well, I think the first question is getting a really good objective view of what is stress and what are the symptoms that I'm having? Because I can have someone and they're going to say, I'm not under too much stress or I don't know. It's, it's just always, it is what it is. But let's say you're having salt cravings or sugar cravings all the time, or let's say you're just not really sleeping that well, or you, you wake up all the time in the night, or you're just feeling like tired and wired, or you're feeling, um, uh, sore to touch fatigued. Um, maybe it's, you're not mentally clear brain fog. Again, for me, I I was convinced I had ADD. And then I went to get evaluated and they're like, no, you're just anxious. Well, where was that anxiety coming from? It was coming from being pulled in way too many directions. I'm definitely more of that type A perfectionist wants to always do, do, do. But when we're not providing a balanced ratio, think of it as like a pendulum or like a scale. If it's just always go, 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 the other side is going to tank out and that's the rest and digest. And that's the functions of the body with digestion, with hormones, with blood sugar, all those other areas. So it's definitely something to, to, to start asking questions. And, um, I think asking some questions of, am I stressed or what's kind of my stress look like is really important. So I wanted, is that okay if I share the stress assessment? Love, love. Yes, please. What does my stress look like? That question is so powerful. Long hours are not your only stressor. How about travel? Like getting on an airplane, right? I had no idea that was stress on my body. How about emotional trauma from like your past? Trauma being things that happen in a given amount of time we can't process. How about subconsciously, right? That toxic relationship I had that's still showing up in my life because I'm transferring that relationship into current relationships because I never healed from it. All stress. It's like, it's so much more than just financial or long hours or guess what? Doing your HIIT workout, like that's stress on your body. That is stress in your body. So anyway, stress assessment, please. Yes. So I wanted to share, um, this is a stress assessment questionnaire I use in practice. And uh, TJ did this um, way back when. I think he did a reevaluation as well. And there's different sections. And I'm just going to kind of zoom in. 
things that you might not technically think about. Um, one that is very common, I see all the time. I feel driven, I appear energetic, but I just feel burned out and exhausted. I'm restless, I'm agitated, I'm anxious. I get hot flashes, I have trouble falling asleep, um, worrying all the time, racing mind, I re replaying events before I go to sleep, just worrying big things and small. I remember like when my stress levels, I didn't, I didn't know how to control them. It was like, I would have these freak ideas of like, what's going to happen with this and that I couldn't calm my brain. Um, these are some other things getting dizzy all the time or having um, digestive issues, headaches, muscle weakness, and then prolonged stress. We might start to see more of these things in section D and E, um, just puffy, retaining fluids, just not able to like have any muscle tone or muscle strength. Um, feeling like you're always constantly susceptible to the flu and, 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 uh, and then this is also this mentally fatigued issue. Like I'm forgetful. I, my memory is, you know, kind of burned out. I can't really focus. I get distracted all the time. That was me, right? That was you too, I think. Um, but this allows us to at least put a quantifiable number on it. So people can, you know, numbers don't, don't lie. Um, when you actually have to start to evaluate and ask yourself these questions. And fair to say from my own experience, from watching other people, Right. They say they say like about 90 to 95 percent of people who say they're self-aware are actually not. Yeah. And and that's the reason for some, you know, in this circumstance, I remember when I reached out to you, I was like, hey, you know, it was actually and if Taylor's watching, it, it was through Taylor. That's the whole connection. So I'm so like grateful if Taylor's watching this. But um, but, uh, you know, like even just reaching out, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, my motivation was, I know people I'm, I'm working with need this, but I was like, I need to go through that experience for, to even suggest or, or add it to the mix. And so I remember us having a conversation and you're like, what are you really, I'm like, I, I'm kind of a healthy guy. I've grown up healthy and I feel like I've ha I know this and that about myself. But the reality was I was not as self-aware about myself, my body, uh, like functioning doesn't mean you're healthy. Functioning does not mean you're healthy. And so it was really helpful as you were able to ask questions, whether it's in the form of like this questionnaire, uh, but even just when you are looking at that and saying, hmm, okay, if you say that's like a one, maybe that's actually like a two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can <laughs> start like, to get a sense from our conversations, 100%. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, someone mm, talking very quickly. Lying to himself? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, and, and, and that's the, that's the real benefit. I remember before I started ever like considering, um, getting support from different angles to, cause health is, that's been the key driver for me. Like I didn't go out and get business coaching or whatever. I, I was like, I need to get right with myself. And I remember one of the biggest hurdles was like, oh, I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing. And, and the reality is one of the biggest benefits is, you, is realizing how much you don't know, you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so as it relates to the stress question, uh, you know, I think it's important as you're asking that question, one thing that stands out to me, Kristen, when you say, what does stress look like for me? And I love those examples. One thing to consider, as you mentioned, type A perfectionist type of personality, it's a great thing, but sometimes we, and I'll put myself in that bucket, right? We don't take into consideration, give ourselves grace, or another word for that is space, Right. So we don't give ourselves space for like 
accepting all of the difficulties and challenges we're actually facing in life, moving across the country, losing a loved one in your family, losing a loved one. Guess what? Even when you don't lose them to death, you can still lose loved ones. And right. And so recognizing having some awareness or even just somebody to say, hey, like, you know that that's a challenging situation and, it, and it's OK if you're not able to completely flip your life and flip the switch and be completely healthy and have full energy. Yes. Like yes. that was so helpful when we were talking um, just from a standpoint of you were like, hey, you don't need to like, you know, if you can, it's like better that you, you don't have to have like the best food, just like eat because under eating was an issue for me. I didn't even know. Right. And I was like, what yeah. can I eat? Everything's unhealthy. So yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, question, question about, can, can you, now that we have this picture of the adrenal map, right. And kind of looking at that, can you explain a little bit more about adrenals, how yes. that's kind of root and, and maybe work our way from there? Yeah. So adrenals are uh, these glands, these two glands, they sit on top of the kidneys and they are what have to, um, they produce cortisol, which is a hormone that we're going to talk a lot about today. Um, it also has to do with our fight or flight neurotransmitters. So epinephrine, norepinephrine, those are our like fight or flight hormones, uh, not hormones, neurotransmitters, excuse me, dopamine. Also on the flip side, serotonin and melatonin. Um, these are also produced, neurotransmitters are produced in the gut. So when we know that there's a brain issue, there's also a gut issue. There's a vagus nerve and that's where it comes into the what to do, which we'll talk about later is how do we stimulate that vagus nerve to support. Um, so adrenals are, a, a, you know, a gland that we're looking at, how do we create balance? And when I was talking about cortisol, um, cortisol, we need it right? Um, cortisol is essential to living. If you didn't have cortisol, you would literally die, right? <laughs> it's what uh, forces us to wake up in the morning. It, it's what causes us to wake up, get up in the morning. And it also goes in the rhythm of the, the cycle of the sun. So it's highest in the morning. We get this cortisol awakening response, and then it drops down later in the afternoon, and then it's lowest at night. And that's when melatonin kicks on and we head to sleep. So what we can see with adrenal dysfunction means that the adrenals aren't functioning most optimally. Most optimally with that, uh, when I say circadian rhythm, I'm talking about sleep rhythm and sleep cycle. So there's a lot of different scenarios that we can kind of walk through and I can share my screen on what those look like, but how does it get imbalanced? Well, it gets imbalanced by lighting the candle at both ends, right? So it's either the the what type of stress, physical stress, emotional stress, um, work hour stress, and how are you handling it? Because we're all always going to have stress, right? It is a thing of life, but it's more about how are we managing that? How are we handling that? Are we, be, are we able to be flexible and resilient or is our resiliency just kind of like shot because it has just been burnt at both ends for so long? So do you want me to roll into kind of like the cycles of that, what we can see with uh, sleep cycles and adrenals? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the big thing here, and we have, we're going to have uh, our fact checkers in the audience want to make sure that we know adrenal gland only makes catecholamines and melatonin's made in the pineal gland. So we appreciate the uh, clarification. There's going to be uh, a lot of different terms and some people who are very savvy and understand all the different terms. Here's what a neurotransmitter is and isn't. Um, 
that's important. We also want to recognize the high level picture here is that there's a rhythm when your body's out of rhythm, it's going to cause dysfunction or that dysfunction is going to cause other problems. And it's going to start showing up maybe in sleep issues. It's going to start showing up maybe in your engagement, your energy, your focus, your capacity. Capacity is a big one. Um, and so as you think about, you know, as you're thinking about adrenal uh, dysfunction and how this could maybe be um, showing up. If you want to talk a little bit more about, like, practically what your what your approach would be with somebody, and and also like, there's so many ways it could it could be showing up, right? So like, as you're thinking about, there's there's like the list of of kind of like health um, issues. You know, you got somebody who could be diabetic, right? And then they also have this overlay. Or you got somebody who, who your case, maybe they didn't have their period for seven years and all this other stuff. Like, how do you even think about separating all of that? So those are a couple of things that I'm just curious about. Yeah, so why don't we start with um, what just in regards to like where to kind of start with how to address like adrenal dysfunction? Yeah, understanding, hey, like these, this, nobody's getting diagnosed here, right? <laughs> but like the, the, the thing is, we want to understand, like in my case, for example, mm-hmm. and I, I like using my case just because it's like, hey, I, I can speak to my story and I can tell you what was or wasn't as, mm-hmm. as best I can, as long as I'm not lying to myself. Um, and so, you know, my, my story, you know, death in the family a year earlier, grown up an athlete, uh, had, thought I'd known how to treat my body. I thought eating less meant I was more healthy. Uh, you know, I thought like for a long time that I needed to just push harder and work past. And, you know, I had an unhealthy relationship with movement and exercise and all these other things. So, you know, here's TJ, this high-performing overachiever who's burned out, left his job because he thought his job was a burnout and then ends up burned out again. And he's under financial pressure. He's under uh, emotional stress. He's he doesn't help himself in his lifestyle choices because of his travel. Uh, maybe he wasn't hydrated enough. So, like, how did you even look at what I was walking through? Coming to you saying, "Hey, I'd like some diet changes." Mm-hmm. How did you even look at that and say, "Hey, here's a couple of things I saw with you, TJ." Yeah. So the first thing is I'm trying to ask, you know, what's what's even your energy like? What's your sleep like? Um, do you feel like you kind of get a lull in the day? Do you feel like you have to survive on coffee all day long? And I know like coffee was like a big thing for you. Um, so when someone gets really resistant and says like, well, I really, really need my coffee at like, you know, before I'm even awake, it takes me a cup or two cups before I start to get, to get going. And, you know, well, two or three o'clock, like I have to have that. Otherwise I'm completely useless, right? Like I don't have anything in the tank. Um, and, and Caffeine isn't bad. Um, it, it's not bad. But the problem is, is what's the underlying issue? Are you just using that to stimulate something for a brief moment? But what does your energy feel like if you were at complete baseline? So those are some questions that I was trying to ask and understand what's kind of flip-flopped. And especially with your work in, in what you were kind of sharing with me, I kind of had a hunch. It sounds like you're probably overproducing, like your cortisol might be like higher on the normal. And when we're talking about adrenals and 
not being optimal. That's really, we're talking about like, how do you feel your absolute best? Like, how do we get to optimal? We're not talking about diseased states, you know, um, Addison's and Cushing's, for example, are like the extreme ends where it's more of like a diseased state of adrenals. We're just looking at, can I feel better from like my innate energy system? And so I usually either see we're an over-responder or we've been responding and pushing out so much cortisol for so long that, you know, we start to get a little bit sluggish and then it's a little bit like lower down on the, on the panel of things. Um, and so just even keeping in mind, like you have a rhythm with how your energy is throughout the day is a good question to think about and ask. Um, and that's kind of, I love that energy. Yeah. Energy seems like the, the thread. If I'm listening to what you're saying, I'm like, "Mm, energy unmasked, What's your energy rhythm? Because it should be higher in the morning and should have this steady. And we're talking as a function of all these other aspects of bodily functions that are going on. Mm-hmm. You should be able to wake up. You should be able to kind of taper off towards the end of the day. Maybe there's exercise or some stimulating activity that, that increases your energy. But by and large, should be able to jump. And I think the cortisol and adrenaline charts, I think those are going to be telling for people as you share yeah. those but but that that to me seems like and and what i've found in my own life and what i've found with a lot of other people is we mask our baseline energy we don't even know what our baseline energy is so i remember when you're asking me some of those questions and you asked like you asked about you know coffee and other things and i was like i saw it more of i didn't necessarily uh mask it it was more of like my break you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I don't feel like I need it, but it's kind of like my break. And I had all these, but reality was it was not helping me because I was only masking low energy. And then when would I feel it? Every morning hitting snooze five times, dragging butt out of bed, going like, I'm so tired of being tired. Tired of like, being tired. tired tired of being tired. That's what I hear all the time. And even just again, like, are you mentally sharp? Are you mentally with it for your calls? Because as you know, coach for you, you have to just be on it. And I think for a lot of us in our positions, we want to be able to feel clarity and how important that is. So asking your questions about like clarity is really important and how you're feeling mentally. Um, So yeah, maybe I can, what I can do is share um the like rhythms i think of of cortisol and like well i think it'll help to visually see that um yeah I, that was so honestly for me looking at that i was like oh what <laughs> yeah when you told me like how much more powerful cortisol and adrenaline are versus caffeine and you're like yeah tj like it's like whatever 10x 50x i don't know what it is you're like, yeah, it's, it's that much more powerful. I was like, I got an issue. (laughs) If it's, if it's like that, I got, I got an issue. Yes. Yes. So I'll kind of share my screen just so we can kind of see like, what is this rhythm that I'm kind of talking about? So cortisol, um, like I mentioned, it's what forces us to like wake up out of bed in the morning. Um, and we want it. And this is the cortisol awakening response between when you wake up in the morning and about 30 to 60 minutes later, are you having that alert response? If it takes you two hours and three cups of coffee to feel awake, you probably don't have a great cortisol awakening response, right? But ideally in a normal situation, we have a nice rise. It slowly starts to fall 
it get a little bit of a bump maybe in the afternoon and then and then it, it drops the lowest in the evening and that's you know when um we go to sleep so that's what our normal rhythm will look like and again like cortisol changes day to day right your cortisol can change day to day everyone's cortisol is probably a little bit different with the situation that you're in you know quarantine or at the state that we're in right now with this live session um so keep that in mind but let's play out the scenario of someone who's more chronically fatigued, right? Okay, they wake up in the morning, they, they feel alert, they feel their best, but then lunchtime and on, they're just dragging, they're exa exhausted, right? And they're, and they're typically feeling a little bit more fatigued. Um, another scenario would be more so of someone who's an over-responder, right? They get that you know, hyper response in the morning. So let's say you wake up in the morning and you wake up and there's already chaos happening. You know, the kids are running around, the dog's barking, like you wake up to your phone next to your bed and you look and there's 50 emails. We are creatures of habit. So if that's your typical routine, you're going to anticipate that stress is already coming and you're already getting that over response in the system. And then, you know, if your cortisol is staying high, you know, over responding all day long, this might be the person who feels I'm exhausted, but I'm wired at the same time. I can't fall asleep at night. My mind's racing or um, tired and wired or chronic stress, like chronic stress on the system. And so if you're kind of over responding for a long period of time, um, the World Health Organization actually classified this as a um, I don't know if it was like a medical condition, but they've, they've addressed that burnout is an actual thing. So burnout would be where, yeah, you really barely have that awakening response and then you're just below, ab below normal the whole day. So just kind of dragging, um, completely suppressed. I see this quite a bit actually in, unfortunately, like healthcare workers, um, surgeons, um, people who are chronically right on those like really, really long shifts and constantly giving, 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 um, over trainers, right? Like I have some of my like CrossFit athletes and they're like, why aren't I getting stronger? Or why can't I lose this belly fat? Well, you're in burnout and your body's trying to save you. So it's trying to just like hold onto whatever it has. Um, so these are the different scenarios. And as we're walking through that, you could kind of just say, okay, what one do I associate with? And what one sounds like me? And if you're open to it, can I share your um, your cortisol? Please test? share away. I'm the most <laughs> private, public person there is. Um, okay. We do so have I'm a we do have a question away. too. After this, I, I'm a, if if y'all have questions, yes. please go ahead and and post them because we have a great question we're going to come to right after this. So so Kristen's going to be sharing. She's going to be reading my mail here in front of everybody. Yes. So we checked um, TJ's cortisol levels uh, for a diurnal pattern uh, throughout the day. So diurnal, tell me, tell me diurnal again. Yes. So what is the pattern throughout the day? If you go to your doctor and you're like, please check my cortisol, they might just check a one point cortisol. The one point is what was it that point when you checked it? right? Which might look fine, right? So if we checked yours and your morning cortisol was this number, we'd be like, well, I think you look fine. But when we check the pattern throughout the day, we're able to really evaluate what's kind of going on here. And so what we saw is, yeah, you were waking up and having, you know, morning cortisol, but it was over responding really high, you know, noon and then in, e in the evening. Um, and then at night, obviously it was like on the lower end, but 
if you look at it on this little graphical representation here, it's like, okay, we got a little bit of that awakening response, but then we were over responding and then very, very low. So there was some work to kind of be done there. And this was also important to reference contextually. I think it was like June. I looked at the date on there. Yeah, June, June 2019. June 2019. Okay. Contextually, let me paint the picture for you guys. Okay. 2015, I left a very demanding job. 2016, a year later, I was broke. I had just found out my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and I didn't know what I was going to do professionally. Um, 2017, my dad died uh, that summer. Very difficult time for me. I started another path to healing. I was starting to coach, and I had started speaking, and there was an incredible kind of thing going on in the background that was overwhelmed by an, a, a very difficult, the most difficult season of my life. Um, trauma was for the first time ever introduced in a meaningful way that I was aware of. And then loss, which provokes more loss, okay, started to surface all these other areas of my life where I experienced loss and trauma, which I had never associated with, and it exposed the idea that I needed healing. I'm so grateful because that led me on a journey in counseling, working with Kristen, working with personal trainers, a number of them, Jose and now Ben, who was on Nutrition 101 uh, in, in another call. Um, and, and just in, in getting like a whole bunch of different people to support me, to help me, Mr. Self-Sufficiency, who had built my life. Hey, I'm like doing everything on my own. I can do it. And like, I know what I'm doing and I'm smart enough. I can learn. And you know what? A lot of that stuff is true for you guys. But the reality was it took that point of depravity, right? In my life and the obvious nature of it for me to actually start looking for answers. And by the way, Kristen, not too dissimilar from your story in that you reached like the seven years without your cycle and you reached all these different paths. You're like, no, this is not how it's going down. Right. <laughs> and, and so I really believe then God, like if you're willing, God will lead you in the right path. And so I started heading down this path. And so now 2018, I meet Kristen, we start talking, working together and I start, my gosh, I'm telling you, hydration will change your life. Yeah. I start hydrating and I start eating on time and I start uh, like getting more protein and fiber and I just do some principles, basic things, very basic things. And I start to see change. And guess what? Here's, then I move across the country. I get married. And here we are in 2019. And this is my 2019. If I had shown you my 2015, I don't even, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid at what those results would actually look like. And I was so far in my own stuff that I just couldn't see. Once I started to be able to see, and Kristen helped me, and this is just a simple spit test. I remember this one. We just did a spit test throughout the day. And I remember sending it in, Kristen coming back, and I'm like, man, Kristen, you know what? Like, this is great for me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, this would have been awful. This would have been awful. And that's why, here's the other thing is, even if you feel all right, it's great to have some data or just a a test. I can pull this up like this June. If I do this same exact saliva cortisol test this this June, right? I am I'm uh, just like 
interested to see what is the comparison. Obviously, it's just one day a year. And yeah, better if you get more sample size, all that stuff, if you want to be super scientific. My point is, you just want to get some visibility. Any visibility is better than zero visibility for most people in most cases. And, um, and so, so even just looking at this, you know, Kristen, if you were dragging butt out of bed in the morning, where would you probably fall on this saliva cortisol? Yeah, they would probably be pretty low down here for sure. However, I just got someone's, um, I did a Dutch test on this woman and, and she really struggles. She gets like nine, 10 hours of sleep. Doesn't feel like it's enough. We did her test and her cortisol was way up here, tanked down here, here, and then way back up here at night. So showing she wasn't really getting adequate sleep. She's sleeping nine, 10 hours, but it, it wasn't the quality sleep that she actually needed. So mm. It can, it can kind of be, you know, over the map here. And I think that's why asking, um, what's your sleep? What's your, what's your, um, energy like first thing in the morning? Um, what's your memory and focus? Like what's, are you struggling with maybe it's, you know, uh, weight loss and you're, you know, doing work in the gym and you're not seeing results. Like cortisol could be the big piece behind that. Um, because when, when we're stressed out, what kicks on is aldosterone. And when aldosterone goes up, our body swells and holds on to water, right? So if you're mm. like, I'm puffy, I'm retaining fluids. I don't know why. Well, most of you probably have noticed when you're really stressed out, you feel like you're holding a little bit more weight, perhaps. Well, that's what's happening, kind of this aldosterone feedback loop. And part of that is tied into, you know, what's going on from a stress standpoint. As you think about some of these lifestyle changes, as you think about some of these, and we have a couple of questions. I definitely want to start yes. knocking out some of those. So if you guys have questions, go ahead and um, insert here. Uh, but if if you think about some lifestyle changes, because again, we're not saying, and you were talking about acute and traditional Western medicine, how it's great for acute specific type of treatment. And here's the thing we're talking about. It's like, yeah, consult your physician for for anything you, you feel like you need to consult your physician for. Um, mm -hmm. And we just got off the phone the other day. I was on the phone with, with uh, Dr. Oz, Dr. Osman Ali. He's out in Maryland and he's scheduled to go up to Boston and work at one of the Harvard hospitals. And he's calling me saying, we need to figure this out. He's in the middle of COVID. He's saying, we need to figure this out because we got 1400 cases overnight and I'm looking at our system, but more importantly, the people. And he's like, people coming into us, they, first of all, we're on overload as is. Second of all, you got the COVID thing and people are coming into us. And when they're leaving, we're handing them a sheet of paper that tells them eat less salt or do this or try that. And he's like, where's the dietitian? Where's the life coach? Like, where's the this and the that, the trainer? He's like, where is the support around them? Because people need, and it's not that everybody needs a coach. It's not my point. My point is, everybody needs to take a look at your lifestyle when you want to make change in your life. That's the path. The path is not right. a coach per se. The path is a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, man, how do we start making some of these basic lifestyle changes to really start addressing some of this in, in, a, in a sustainable sustainable way? And one of the things that you taught me that's really helped is like, guys, you got to remove the mask of all of the things that you're doing to cover up what's actually happening. Like go a week without drinking, without having caffeine, without sugar, 
uh, and actually trying to go to bed on time. Like just do that and see what your baseline is. And I guarantee you, you're going to have to start to face negative emotions, things you don't want to experience, right? Face in your life, maybe even like having to take a nap during the middle of the day. These are all data points or signals. They're not bad things. And I think changing our perspective about that is really like looking at my test results. I was going like this because those aren't great results, but they're signals and they tell me information, give me visibility. And I was happy about that, right. you know? I'm empowered by that. I'm like, oh, we can do something. We can do something here. Yes. So um, can we answer a couple of questions, Kristen? Or, or... Yes, yes, absolutely. And I was going to say too on that, like our, our body speaks a language that we don't really know always how to understand. But if you slow down and you actually try to figure out what's the language is trying to tell me, then you can start to make action points. And I think that's probably an important conversation because we can know about all these things, but I think getting into, you know, some important action points that we can make. And part of that is being open-minded and willing. Like if you're open-minded and willing, try something new um, because what you're doing right now isn't currently working. So it's, you know, the definition of insanity and uh, finding some ways to make adjustments there. Yes. Mindset before those strategies and tactics and all the other things you want to try and do. Um, by the way, just like, seriously, there's, uh, you talked about training, changing the way you approach training as an example of being open-minded. It's not that you have to stop training. It's yeah. just looking at it differently. You don't have to yeah. run yourself into the ground when you have anxiety, yeah. your body needs some help, like sleeping, change the way you sleep, change the way you approach sleep. You don't have to go get lavender pillow spray and blackout curtains. You can just literally make sleep a priority and start a wind down routine and teach your body through consistency how to go to bed at the same time. You know, uh, you talked about stress. It's like, hey, you know what? And this is a really, this is confronting for a lot of people, but guess what? You make the choice to go to the job you're in. You make the choice to have relationships you have. You're making that choice, which means you have that choice to change that. And the common denominator between all stress is really like you. You're involved in that. Sometimes we get things we didn't ask for, we didn't, we didn't want, right? Like loss. And we didn't ask for that. But guess what? You are a part of that. And there's a way to actually, you have tools, you have things, resources available to you. You don't have to do it on your own. And so the, the empowering part is the mindset part that, that Kristen's talking about is like so key is open-mindedness. Your mindset shift is going to lead your transformation. It's going to lead. And there's a ton of people who are, who are well-equipped, who have been through that journey, who can help you. Um, not, I'm not just saying here, it's not like a here plug. This is like a anywhere, you know, you can find that. And there are people online, there are people in person. So, um, question number one, Kristen is how do you fall asleep? I know you're going to have, well, I, I need to understand the person's scenario, but how do you fall asleep without melatonin, sleeping pills, or alcohol? I lay awake for hours and can't fall asleep until 2 a.m. Otherwise, then wake up at 7 a.m no caffeine, no caffeine after noon. Yeah. Okay. Good question. Cause this is a common, common one. And I would say, start with the basics. Like you always have to start with the foundations. What, what time are you actually going to sleep and what time, do, or what does your sleep routine look like? So even right now, as I'm talking to you guys, I have blue blocker, um, glasses on, um, trying to block the blue light coming from screens and phones and TVs. Um, a lot of people will say, I have all these issues, but I watch TV for two hours before I go to sleep at night. And now it just helps. Well, is it really helping? Because all of those, it, yes, it's sitting there, 
but it's kind of numbing, but subconsciously it's stimulating. You know, there's all these like colors and sounds and gosh, you're watching a horror movie before you go to sleep, like try again. So I think it's really like, what does that sleep routine look like? Um, I had someone I talked to yesterday and she's like, well, if I'm not working and I'm not watching TV, what am I going to do? I mean, do something other than the TV, shut down the computer and find a routine. And it could be finding, I think, having like closers. So what's your closer? Is it, you know, a shower in the evening and maybe you do use essential oils or maybe it is going for a walk in the evening with your significant other. Maybe it's just like actually talking or doing something off screen. It's probably a big, big one that I think we forget about. Um, also leave your phone out of the room. This is a new one that I've been doing that was really challenging. And there's a fear of like, but I use it for my alarm. I get it. I use it for my alarm too. But what happens is you're like scrolling social media right before you go to sleep and you're scrolling your emails the first thing that you wake up in the morning. And if you can eliminate that for like a 30 minute buffer, like you're winning. So keep it out of the room. And that's also, I mean, um, just the frequencies, EMFs, there's some interesting preliminary uh, research and, and interesting things of how that relates to kind of hormones, toxicity, cortisol. Won't go too much into that, but I think it's that sleep routine is huge. And I would also say the caffeine, what if you did come off of it completely for like two weeks, even though you're not having it afternoon, you could try it out and see how you respond and see if it helps with sleep. Uh, also, sorry, uh, sleepy time, chamomile tea, uh, valerian hops. There's different things in teas. Teas are medicinal. Use it for a medicinal purpose. That's another big one. Um, Let's see. And then also, are you eating enough? Carbohydrates nourish your adrenals. So if you're overtraining and under eating, you, maybe that's an area of what's kind of causing you to wind up. Um, when you're training, are you someone who's training after work at 6 or 7 p.m.? Well, part of that does have a stimulating effect. So you're feeling more wound up when really you should be, you know, calming down. So I would look more so at what you're doing for that, you know, evening routine would be a big one. Yeah, I love it. And you called it, I've never heard it called this, but you called it closer. What's your closer? And to me, that is such a powerful concept because you're now giving a name to something that you can attach a habit to, something that you can place in your mind. This is my closer. This is my blank, right? Because your closer could be tea. It could be stretching and it could be reading, right? but that's all together in one, a closer. And you can take that if you travel, you can travel with that. We call them rhythms, not routines, right? Because you can jump like a song, you get off rhythm, you can get right back into it. Routine, sometimes the rigidity, rigidity of that is a little difficult for me, but I love the idea of a closer. It's, a, it's an all-encompassing, this is my nighttime kind of routine. And Kristen, what I'm hearing, which comes up as like a common theme here, is, hey, we need to kind of like, take off the mask, like yeah. stop the caffeine, stop. You're great. You're not doing melatonin and alcohol and, and et cetera, et cetera. If, if that's the path you're taking, it's like, I want to try and get there. That's the goal. It's great. Take off the mask. Let's take off the caffeine. Right. And let's, let's maybe kind of take out the phone and start, let's just like kind of be with ourselves for a second and do that for a consistent period of the week or for a week or so. And to me, what that does, and it's happened in my life, but i from what I'm hearing and something you said earlier is so powerful. I learned my body's language. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. learned, I've like, I've never heard it that way. And I'm like, 
duh, that makes so much sense. We don't even know the language of our body. Or we're trying that, to avoid it. We're trying to avoid it. We don't want yes. to avoid it. We're scared of it. <laughs> so powerful. But, but you know, here's the crazy thing. It's not scary. It's not scary. Your body wants to support you. Your body wants to heal. It wants to support you. It wants to grow and change. And it is growing and changing, even if you don't ask it to. So how are you going to support your body? That, that is a real, the other thing that somebody else told me once, and I think I, <laughs> I bet you hear this or see this all the time, but they said, you're not going to resolve 10 or 20 years of poor behavior mm-hmm. in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, people expect this like miraculous thing overnight and, it, and it's, it's a journey and it takes some time to do that. And I think also, uh, you know, something else that I really wanted to place some emphasis on is the importance of um, mindfulness work, uh, whether that's meditation, but meditation does not need to be sitting and like doing OM. Yes, there's apps. Yes, there's amazing, you know, things to listen to, but maybe it is like breathing in the shower. Maybe that's the only time that you have. Um, yoga is great, but there's a million types of yoga. There's a million different, you know, teachers and styles. You don't have to think it's just a boring thing or this hot yoga thing. Like there's so many different modalities, Tai Chi, Qigong, moving energy, energy medicine, uh, tapping, um, there's different things that can help to either calm you down, or if you're really exhausted, bring you up. Think about it as like your natural innate medicine, your natural, adaptogen adaptogens are herbs it helps the body adapt but things like um again breath techniques intense breath work can help to bring you up or help to maybe calm you down depending on the style that you choose so that can help with sleep or you could use that in the morning if you need more of like an how do i bring more oxygen and blood flow to the brain to bring my cortisol up a little bit more when i'm super exhausted all the time Breath work, just quickly on breath work. I'm not a breath expert. I've done breathing seminar. I've used breath work with clients. I've used it myself. I can just say about breath work, okay? That is the number one tool to move your body from sympathetic tone or fight or flight. I'm revved up to parasympathetic tone or rest and digest state, which is the state you want to be in when you're going to bed. And you don't need to make it complicated. You don't even need to go learn some crazy technique. You can literally breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your nose. And that's first gear breathing. And that is as simple as it gets. And when you do something consistently, you don't have to do it. You don't have to go crazy. I'm going to do 50 minutes of breath work. No, try like one, one minute of breath work and just do that consecutively for like a week. Right. Just try it. Just try it. It's so powerful. And I know Kristen's big into breath work, especially as yoga practice. It's like, it is so powerful because you're literally, you're taking control of your body, your autonomic nervous system, mm-hmm. which is running in the background. And that's really what Kristen's been talking about here is like active rest really helped her and it's helped me and helped a lot of people. One of the ways to get into an active rest state is for me, I make bread because that's, that's what slows me down you know, but for other people and that, that's, that, you know, other people find their, their place out in the woods, you know, taking a walk and that's their work, you know? Yes. 
Yes, I can't, so, I cannot stress that enough. Uh, blue space and green space, I talk about this all the time. Go outside and see blue things, the blue sky and water. And then see green things like walking in nature, hiking, amazing for your immune system and for really what we're talking about with this adrenal issue that might be happening. So if you're someone that feels like you have to sweat, sweat, sweat and work really hard, get your heart rate up, maybe you need a little bit of a deload, like a short period of a deload period in order to be able to press the gas again. Sometimes we need to press the brake in order to, you know, go forward and accelerate. Um, but walking essential. I'm so happy that you said that. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, as things are coming up, I'm like, man, we got to mention these practical things. You'd think it's like, it's so simple. No, no. Like it's simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Like mm -hmm. simple is not easy. They're not the same thing. It's a discipline. So we, it's a discipline it's a that discipline. we have to discipline ourselves sometimes. And it's an act of self-respect. I care enough about you as a soul to shut something down and go for a 20 minute walk right now. And it, Sometimes it comes down to that. As a as a reference on discipline, when you think when you hear the word discipline, think of the word system. When you hear the word discipline, think of the word system. And Ben, uh, um, not Ben Schroeder, uh, Ben Foster, who was on the group call that we did, that's on season two of the podcast. That's his has that's how he does personal training. He does it with highly technical, uh, high performers. And he says one of the best things that they can do when you think of a discipline, this applies to the question that was just asked about sleeping. It applies to everything we've been talking about. But when you, when you hear discipline, think system, and you got to have something. And we just, I just talked about this with um, our boot camp and uh, the people who are in the boot camp now. It's like, what are you going to go to when you need to go to that thing? So it's time to sleep. What's your closer? That's your system, that's a discipline. It's just the decision's already made. The decision's already made. This is what I do. I don't have a question because guess what? If I have a question, I'm going back to my old ways. And that seriously, that's that's why this stays by my bed. That's why it's the first thing that I wake up to because it's literally just a cue. It's a system. I'm not even thinking about it. It's just a part of my day. It's just a part of my day because it's a system. And so when you, it took discipline, I had a bad relationship with that word because I was raised as an athlete and just punished. And it's like, no, no, it's, it's a system. It's going to help me. Like you said, self-respect, it's going to help me. Um, another question, what would you suggest, Kristen, for someone who feels great in the morning and then around lunch starts to feel a lot of dizziness lasting throughout the day into the night? And this mm -hmm. pattern uh, has lasted on and off for weeks, subsides a week and then comes back. So kind of like a, it seems like a recurring pattern of dizziness that happens right around lunchtime. Yeah, so that sounds a bit related to blood sugar. So I would be looking at um, how how much are you eating? Are you eating an adequate meal throughout the day? And also what's your electrolyte function look like? Cause dizziness can be related to blood sugars, electrolytes, um, blood pressure, right? So making sure that you're having adequate carbohydrate, protein, and fats that you're eating every three hours or so that you're getting, um, you know, ideally you're cooking from home and you're eating lots of whole real foods, you need to make sure that you're also adding some salt to your food because if you're, you know, just eating whole real foods, salt is an electrolyte. So you might be getting some dizziness by an inadequate electrolyte balance. Um, I would also come back to like, what does your, your sleep look like? Um, 
around noon if you wanted to do like, um, I wouldn't do this for more than four weeks, but like a licorice root tea. Licorice is, um, can help to kind of support adrenals if it's more on like a, a hypo function. So you could do that around like noontime. Um, supplementation. Hypo, have, hypo meaning lower. Low function, yes. Um, and we haven't really talked too much about um, supplementation, but supplementation I think is really important when we're looking at uh, combining with it with what you're doing for nutrition, lifestyle training. Um, and so supplementation adaptogenic herbs are really great adaptogen. It's literally in the word. It helps the body to adapt, whether if you're over responding or whether you're, you know, really low and exhausted, it can help to bring things back to balance. So for some people, ashwagandha could be really great. Um, as more of like a, a balancer. Um, there's, there's ginseng, there's holy basil, um, licorice. Yes. But I wouldn't recommend that for long-term, um, gosh, rhodiola is excellent. Um, I wouldn't put those necessarily. I would probably recommend for that person to do like lunchtime and afternoon, and then maybe for the evening, do like a chamomile or sleepy time tea. Um, and again, what are you doing for training? So are you doing walking? If you're feeling really exhausted, maybe you need more oxygen and blood flow to the brain. So doing like a, an exercise like Wim Hof breathing or something that's good. There's the, what is it? Kapalabhati breath work, which helps to stimulate more oxygen to, to the uh, brain, more blood flow that can also help to support with like the low energy that you're having in the afternoon too. Yeah. So I hear blood sugar, take, take a look at, well, take a look at sleep, take a look at blood sugar, take a look at activity and mm -hmm. your general activity. Hey, can you get more oxygen to your brain? Uh, supplementation or adaptogens, which are just simply uh, herbs that are going to help you, whether you're high, they'll help you come lower, whether you're low, you'll come higher. Just something that helps regulate, right? Rather than blunting, it helps work with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then the the other thing, and it, it's kind of it's in your training and sleep and supplementation. The other thing is stress, and this is something to consider is like understanding the stress that we have and how I don't know if you guys can hear the sirens. Um, <laughs> it's very loud. The stress that we have and how that can actually for me I had vertigo, uh, which was as crazy as you know you get dizzy you can't I was started throwing up. And I had so much tension, non-active non muscular tension up here that it was literally, I went and I had um, an acupuncture, did acupuncture and uh, very common, went in there. First thing she was like, you have vertigo, tell you. I was like, yep. She was like, yeah, you just literally carrying all that stress. And I had, and we talk about this in the energy course, I had so much energy trapped in my body from, from trauma going through my life. I was just holding on like this. My body was, I needed to literally spend years just like, like letting a lot of that go, you know, cause it serves a purpose for a time, but you got to let it go anyway. So there's, there's, there's part all, all encompassing, all encompassing. Look, it seems like some of the low hanging fruit there are blood sugar, sleep, and uh, some adaptogens to, to help, mm -hmm. help support you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that you, that you mentioned, I just want to touch on too, the importance of like using other modalities to move energy, whether it's acupuncture, acupressure, 
uh, different forms of chiropractic. I mean, I go to a chiropractor who's literally like a breath doctor. It's called network spinal analysis. Tony Robbins talks about it. I didn't even know it was a thing um, until I stumbled upon holistic chiropractors. Um, They're all holistic, I guess. But uh, thinking of a massage, right? Like doing something to help move energy through. Um, and then there's also different types of yoga practitioners that, that help kind of walk through deeper held poses. So yin yoga is great to help unlock stored emotions that are within our, um, connective tissue that again can get blocked. I had the same thing, TJ. I went into a major muscle spasm last year under a major amount of stress that I was under. And, uh, I literally like couldn't move my body. It was really, really scary. And again, it was because I was holding so much stress that it turns into something physical. If you keep pushing it down, eventually it's going to pop, whether it's, you know, physical or mind or whatever that is. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, There's so much to be said. There could be a whole nother session on like, even just like, yeah, the the different modalities. And um, that's definitely one I think we we ought to do in the future. A couple more questions. I want to wrap it up very, you know, respect time for everybody, yourself, myself. But what, how often do you do the cortisol, the cortisol test to check for progress? This is just, you know, Kat's asking and saying, hey, I know everyone's journey is different. Yeah. You know, basically to me, that's like, do you give it a month, a week, a, a year? What do you, when can you expect to start seeing some movement? Yeah. Um, so if I was going to u- utilize a, a test to understand where we're at, which I usually test to understand where specifically we need to target, someone could be exhausted and they could have really low cortisol, or maybe they're exhausted, but they actually have more of that like higher range, kind of like what you had. Um, I usually look at it after about four to six months. Um, You could technically do like three to six months. Again, your cortisol changes day to day, but we are creatures of habit. So if the the pendulum is really far, we know that regardless, it it could be swinging, right? The goal is to get the pendulum swing a little bit more narrow. So yeah, I would look like three to six months out after you did an initial um, test. Excellent. Uh, last question. <clears throat> what can I do if I'm always tired, easily distracted, uh, but need to study daily and consistently? It's so hard for me to, to retain and grasp. So yes. It sounds like cognitive, cognitive yes. issues yes. happen. Yes. Um, adaptogens are great for that. Um, Wim Hof breathing, um, this sounds weird, but do cold showers or alternate between hot to cold in the morning. Um, it's like a a cup of coffee. It's amazing. Breath work. Like I can't say enough about breath work. Um, big breaths in, hold, retent, retain breath, and then let it out. And again, the more that you can get oxygen to your brain, it's going to help you with focusing. Thinking about, are you overtraining? For me, that was huge. It was so hard for me to study. Um, And it was because I was, again, trying to just burn off this like anxious energy by overtraining, but really it was causing me to be more depleted. Um, I will say Bicopa, B-A-C-O-P-A, it is um, an herb that's been well studied specific for memory and cognition. That's actually the product you really like, um, TJ Exilorin. I personally really like it. It helps me just kind of, sometimes if I just need to get to work and really be lasered in, I like that. Um, but yeah, I would work on that. And I would also just be aware of like, 
um, emotional attachments, which I think TJ, you could probably talk more to almost about habits and uh, retraining your brain from a habit perspective too. Yeah. And is, can you like, just real quick on the training part, can you give me like a parallel example? Let's just say somebody, somebody like you could resonate with the, uh, with the training aspect, but what about a parallel example where you get a similar outcome to overtraining, right? Mm -hmm. But you're not like a, a gym junkie. What would, what would be an example of that? An example of like the opposite, right? So there could be, and again, this is the pendulum swing. So as someone who's overtraining is just as unhealthy as someone who's not training at all. And so I think that's kind of the question that you're asking of, we want movement every day, but we want it to be therapeutic uh, movement for us. So you could also have a really hard time focusing because you aren't moving. And, and I get that sometimes you're like, I have so much to do. I just can't get in my walk or my workout or strength training or my yoga, whatever it is, whatever it is, maybe that's this person that needs some movement. And again, blood flow, oxygen, walking, weight training, yoga whatever that is. Yeah, I love that. Uh, last question for you. Okay, Kristen, what's your morning routine or your morning rhythm and your closer? Love it. Such a good question. Um, so in the morning, I'm someone I, I, I love working out in the morning. So whether it's going to be um, strength training, whether it's going to be I, I do a yoga class, whether it's I'm just doing walking, I always do something when I first wake up. So I wake up in the morning, I keep my phone out of the room. I go right to my phone, though, because I want to check my sleep score. I measure my sleep with the Whoop app. Um, so I kind of get checked. Okay, how was my recovery last night? How was my HRV. Um, I drink water first thing immediately. I'm usually brushing my teeth and then drinking water while I'm checking my sleep app. And then I'm just, it's just part of my rhythm. Like I don't even think about it. It's actually really hard for me not to do something in the morning. Um, so that's kind of my morning routine. And then I get back, I usually have something small, like an orange or something to eat before I, you know, do Why water first thing because you're dehydrated overnight. That's like the number one thing, you know, you go to the bathroom in the morning, but you have to like replace that, like drink water first thing in the morning. It's the first thing that you should do. Why uh, not coffee? Why not coffee first thing? <laughs> because coffee is dehydrating. And we often feel like, well, you know, makes me go to the bathroom or it's what I need to just kind of like wake up. Um, try water first, just like do water first. Coffee is dehydrating. Uh, water is hydrating so that's like my morning routine and then I get back and I usually make breakfast usually more of like a carb protein heavy breakfast and then my evening routine um I have been really good about this I've set some new routines for myself um for probably the past like two months now no phone in the room at all. I keep it outside the room. I use an alarm clock. That's like the light that slowly starts to get brighter and brighter. And then it's brightest when I want to wake up in the morning for when the alarm eventually does go off. And that's been working amazing because I get caught doing social media, doing work, checking emails right up until I go to sleep. But now it's about a, a full hour buffer time. Um, I wear blue blockers. I read 30 minutes before I go to sleep. Um, and every so often, about two times a week, I do a dedicated breath session, um, which is phenomenal with my recovery and sleep. So that really helps too. Right, so if I summarize, when you get up in the morning, some basic principles are your phone's out of the room, 
you uh, you take care of hydration first and movement, followed by some sort of replenishment food-wise. Is that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Evening time. Uh, it sounds like again, phones out of the room. There's reading of some sort or 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 some sort of like um, unwinding, whether it's breath work or just relaxation of some sort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and also I always, always do my chamomile tea with a little bit of apple cider vinegar. That's like my, mm. my closer. <laughs> That's your thing. Love that. Yeah. 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 So something warm that you come to that you're like, this is my system. This is my discipline. This is what I do. I don't even have a choice. It's just boom. And if you, and, and here's the thing, it sounds like you enjoy it. I do. I crave it. I love it. That's like, I, amazing. I, I love vacation, but I love coming back to like my rhythm. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. So out of all things, enjoy, find what you enjoy. And the secret to, to consistency is doing less than you can. So just pick one thing that Kristen said, I think it's such a powerful takeaway is just pick one thing that she said and apply it to your life today. Something from her morning rhythm, something from her, her closer in the evening, uh, pick one thing and just choose to commit to that. If you guys can unmask some of the things that you might be using to, to cover your energy, you might get to some of the root causes, root issues that are driving maybe potential, whether it's adrenal dysfunction or something else, you'll find out. And, uh, and, and just getting some more energy and clarity will be telltale signs that you're heading in the right direction. Uh, remember, guys, that I just want to encourage you that as you start to learn more, you'll start to learn how much you don't know. And you'll start to learn that there's so much more to learn. Don't get discouraged. We talk about the zigzag. Things are going to get a little bit worse before they get better. And that's just a part of the process. The important part is that you're moving forward, right? That you're moving forward. So um, we appreciate you guys for being here. Kristen, thank you for your time, spending an extra 20 minutes with us. Um, guys, we are going to um, have plenty more to, to talk about from this conversation alone. Um, but this, this is a, just an awesome opportunity for everybody. And so I'm really grateful that you guys shared your questions, showed up and, uh, and are working on becoming the best version of you. All right. Thank you guys.